Welcome back to Lightshed Research, a podcast that puts our research notes in your ear. August 10th, 2022. Warner Brothers discoveries no mas as cash outweighs streaming. The more things change in legacy media, the more they stay the same. After HBO Now launched under Jeff Bukas's reign atop Time Warner, he was forced to make strategic trade-offs to bolster EBITDA in hopes of selling the company before the core cable network business entered secular decline. It worked. HBO Now transformed into HBO Max under AT&T's John Stanky and Warner Media's Jason Kylar. While Stanky and Kylar's North Star was a D2C HBO Max, even they were forced to make some trade-offs given the need to protect AT&T's dividend. Warner Media continued to license HBO to Sky in Europe, shifted back to 45-day theatrical windows in 2022, and ultimately exited the entire business to Discovery. Under David Zaslav's leadership, the newly created Warner Brothers Discovery is effectively going back to the pre-AT&T strategy playbook. However, this time it's not about propping up earnings to facilitate a sale. It's all about financial survival, as the core cable business is declining with accelerating sub-losses and negative ad growth. See our evasive action post from last week here. There's been an endless stream of analysis about Warner Brothers Discovery's epic Q2 2022 earnings call, where they laid out a dramatic shift in strategy compared to the Warner Media strategy inside AT&T. Ultimately, the analysis as we have read misses the larger picture as to why WBD is pivoting so hard and so quickly. Occam's razor applies. WBD is pivoting because they have no choice. Building a leading D2C streaming service requires massive upfront investment, which is simply not possible at WBD given their debt load. Over four times 2023 EBITDA, assuming they can even get to $12 billion of EBITDA in 2023. Over 100% of WBD's trailing 12-month adjusted EBITDA comes from their basic cable networks. Unfortunately for WBD and everyone else in legacy media, Cable network affiliate fees are no longer growing and appear set to enter secular decline thanks to cord cutting. And advertising faces increasingly stiff headwinds as linear TV viewership erodes along with the impact of a global recession. To make matters worse for WBD, as revenues start to decline, sports costs continue to rise, with the NBA coming up in 2025, pressuring profitability. As we talked to last week in our evasive action needed post, it appears WBD is now taking evasive action as their dramatically enlarged via merger cash cow cable network business is on its way to becoming a starving cow. Despite prior management's substantial investment in content that drove HBO EBITDA from $2.9 billion in 2019 down to sub $500 million in 2021, see the chart embedded below, HBO Max's share of connected TV viewership is only 3% compared to industry leader Netflix at 29%. Most HBO viewing is still occurring within the legacy MVPD experience. And even when HBO Max is used, it is more appointment television for a specific new episode rather than getting lost binging content. The key takeaway from a dramatic ramp in spending with only a modest amount of absolute CTV time spent leads one to believe that if WBD is truly quote unquote all in, they will have to spend far more aggressively on streaming content marketing, and technology if they have any hopes of making a soon-to-be-enlarged HBO Max with Discovery Plus content a core daily destination for consumers around the world. Unfortunately, WBD does not have the balance sheet to do that, 
especially with its core basic cable networks entering secular decline. In turn, it should come as no surprise that WBD is abandoning prior management's focus on HBO Max and is now, in their own words, quote-unquote, open for business to generate incremental revenues, EBITDA, and free cash flow any way possible. If you no longer believe you can be a clear leader, winner in streaming, you need to change strategies that takes deep financial commitment to win in streaming with a very long-term vision. WB's pivots. Number one, licensing to third parties. To be fair, Warner Brothers has always sold to third parties. The 1960s Batman TV series can be found on Tubi. But the clear messaging from WBD is that everything beyond a handful of core franchises is now open for licensing. WBD believes core franchises such as Game of Thrones and Euphoria must remain exclusive to their linear TV and streaming services, but presumably catalog titles from The Sopranos to Sex and the City can be licensed to others as WarnerMedia did from 2014 to 2018. Last month, we predicted WBD would sign a large Amazon Prime free V catalog deal this year. We now suspect WBD's licensing efforts will go well beyond Amazon, and we would not be surprised to see WB license content to a wide array of companies, including Netflix. Worth remembering, Warner's history of licensing is why Harry Potter is still on Peacock today. See the screenshot above right. Once you decide your streaming ambitions are not your North Star, why not license as much as possible? Catalog only has value to a streaming service if you can drive meaningful daily time spent where subscribers are getting lost in your service. If your strategy is to focus on must-have quality programming, such as HBO series, where subscribers come for an episode a week, then deep catalog exclusivity is far less important. Number two, partnering with channel stores. As we detailed last month, we expect HBO Max to return to Amazon channels in the near future. WBD talked to the mistakes prior management had made limiting B2B distribution which translates into working with channel stores. We can certainly understand why channel stores appear attractive if streaming is not your singular focus, as they offer lower subscriber acquisition cost and the acquisition of a subscriber that you might not be able to reach. WDD's predecessor left hundreds of millions on the table by walking away from Amazon channels in 2021. That said, Amazon is so good at marketing subscription add-ons that they quickly become the majority of sub-editions for their partners, such as Paramount+. Plus. In turn, you are effectively handing the keys to your streaming future to Amazon. Sure, Amazon will share more data with you today than several years ago, but Amazon has all the data and they are building their own streaming service that competes directly with yours. So even if Amazon gives you more data and a far more compelling economic split, historically Amazon took 30 to 40% economics, does anyone seriously believe Amazon has a third-party SVOD's future top of mind? We have to believe Amazon Prime cares far more about the coming launch of Thursday Night Football and the premiere of Lord of the Rings in Q3 2022. It's also worth highlighting Amazon Channel subs churn at much higher rates as it is so easy to come on and off for specific series. These are not sticky subscribers. And then on the technology side, it's also a double-edged sword. By using Amazon channels, subscribers no longer need to use your D2C app. On the one hand, that's great, because most legacy media streaming apps are not very good. Tech is hard, as HBO has found out. But on the other hand, it makes you even less interested in investing in your own D2C app tech. So over time, more and more subscribers migrate to Amazon. Hard to see that as a long-term positive, but it certainly leads to a dramatic reduction in technology spending. Number three, the return of movie windowing. 
Putting 100 to $300 million movies directly onto a streaming service is never going to drive enough new subs in and of itself to justify the investment. Albeit, that's not really any different than any individual TV series either. One-off D2C movies does not work either, nor does putting all of your not-so-great second-tier films directly to streaming. If that is the strategy, you might as well go back to movie theaters, which is exactly what WBD is doing. However, if you had the balance sheet strength and strategic conviction to replicate what Warner Brothers did in 2021 with all new movies premiering day and date on HBO Max, we believe that strategy would yield significant long-term value, not just driving new subs, but reducing churn and enabling higher ARPUs. Unfortunately, WBD is not in a financial position to execute this strategy. Even Disney doesn't have the financial or strategic guts to try it. Once you decide to go back to theaters with exclusive windows of 45 days or more, you might as well take a renewed look at home video, which was set to be displaced by D2C streaming. In turn, it's no surprise to see WBD returning to a home entertainment transaction window via Pivot, similar to what Universal has been doing over the past couple of years. Near-term financials clearly benefit from theatrical and Pivot release versus debuting on streaming. However, they substantially reduce the impact the films have on a streaming service. We see no evidence that Fantastic Beasts, The Secret of Dumbledore, that failed in theaters, helped HBO Max by having first been released in theaters. We will be quite surprised if DC Super League of Pests boosts the value of the film to HBO Max by coming out in theaters for several weeks before streaming. Number four, reducing kids and family content investment. HBO has never been known for kids or family content. WBD is using that as the rationale for stepping away from this genre of programming. Building new content verticals is hard, especially in kids and animation. As Netflix has proven, it takes years and years, and there's no way to have overnight success. In turn, WBD walking away from the competitive kids and family space on HBO Max is logical, especially if the goal is to focus on what they are known for, have expertise in. Not to mention it will save significant amounts of programming investment. On the other hand, putting it through our BS detection machine, HBO Max is certainly not known for 90 Day Fiancé or Say Yes to the Dress nor Shark Week, which will all be incorporated when HBO Max and Discovery Plus merge in 2023. If you're trying to build a four-quadrant leading streaming service that optimizes for time spent, you need HBO-like content, Discovery-like content, kids' content, new movies, old movies, old TV series, and more. If, however, your ambitions are more focused on maximizing cash flow from the content you create and that you're historically good at creating, then there's no reason to invest in kids and family programming for HBO Max. Number five, scaling back global ambitions. Building a successful U.S. streaming platform is hard, but building a successful global streaming platform is even harder given the need to create local and regional content scale around the world. WBD simply does not have the balance sheet strength to build out globally, not to mention they do not have the financial firepower to buy out partners in major markets like UK, Germany, Italy, and Canada, where the HBO brand has been licensed, making a D2C HBO Max impossible. As soon as WBD decided that streaming was not their North Star in the US, it certainly makes sense to scale back overseas. The long-term risk to this strategy is that others will be able to buy content with global scale that dwarfs WBD, meaning they risk not being able to win bidding wars for IP they want to develop. The HBO brand is incredibly powerful, but as the tech platforms scale, there is meaningful long-term risk to HBO's preeminence. And we are not just talking Netflix and Amazon, as Apple TV Plus is a credible threat. WBD appears willing to take that risk, betting on the power of the HBO brand above all else. Time will tell if that decision is smart. 
Number six, no mention of video games. While WB Games is the most successful video game publisher built within a legacy media company, it is certainly not a major focus of WBD. Whereas we expected heavy investment in video games from the prior management team in the next 12 to 24 months, leveraging Warner Brothers and HBO IP to build out interactive experiences, that does not appear to be part of the new WBD management strategy. During the recent 90-minute WBD earnings call strategy update, WBD Games was never mentioned directly, and the word gaming was only mentioned twice, talking about overall content prowess. We wonder how focused WBD will be on making games internally going forward versus licensing to third parties as they shift towards licensing video content. Bottom line, streaming is still in the early days as linear TV fades at an accelerating rate. WBD stepping back from their streaming ambitions is not an indictment of streaming's future, nor the long-term TAM of streaming. Rather, it is the harsh reality that WBD has no choice, as their huge basic cable network portfolio erodes at an accelerating rate, along with the rest of the legacy media industry. WBD needs to find new ways of generating cash, even if that means sacrificing their future strategically. Great content will drive HBO Max success for years to come. But there's a big difference between being the dominant global leader in streaming and being the number four, number five service in the U.S. We also wonder if they should simply abandon HBO Max outside the U.S. and simply become an arms dealer similar to Sony. Food for thought.